Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. In July of 1837, the electric telegraph was invented. Soon, it was employed along the railway lines where messages were sent from station to station. Why is this bit of information important? Because on January 1st, 1845, a man murdered his mistress in order to keep their affair a secret. And thanks to this invention, his escape was stopped at the next station and he was arrested. This is the story of how technology helped put a man behind bars. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. John Tawell, by all accounts, seemed like an upstanding guy. That was, at least, until you got to know him. The Quaker boy, at just 22, seduced a servant girl who he got pregnant. The couple married, much to the disapproval of his community. By 1814, at just 30, he committed his first known crime when he forged a 10-pound note. Forgery was a capital offense, and thankfully, the Quaker-owned bank didn't believe in the death penalty, sparing Tawell an execution. He was, however, commuted to the colonies for 14 years. He eventually worked his charm and was granted a pardon in 1820. Now a free man, John Tawell set up a small shop in Australia where he sold drugs and chemicals to locals despite having no pharmaceutical training. He didn't let that stop him from making his business a wild success. His business and his Quaker roots garnered him a sense of respect amongst the community. He donated the first Friends Meeting House in Sydney and made public displays to show his commitment to the Quaker beliefs. Despite all of this, he was never truly accepted by the group due to his past criminal history and that, prior to arriving from England, he kept a mistress. The Tawells moved back to London in 1831 and seemed to be plagued by bad luck shortly after their arrival. In 1833, John's younger son died, followed by his elder son in 1838. Heartbroken, his wife Mary became ill and the pair employed a young nurse named Sarah Lawrence. Mary died that same year, and John began an affair with Sarah, who gave birth to two children. All the while, John kept working hard to gain full membership in the London Society of Friends, but 
Despite the seemingly pious man's charity work, he was barred from joining. That didn't stop him from meeting and marrying a Quaker widow named Mrs. Cutforth in 1841. It also didn't stop him from continuing his relationship with Sarah Lawrence. He simply moved her to a cottage nearby so he could regularly visit and paid her a weekly allowance for the upkeep of their children. But that weekly allowance of one pound seemed to be too much financially because after the failure of his business interests in Australia, he felt the need to remove this weekly financial burden. On January 1st, 1845, John entered a chemist shop and purchased two bottles of Steele's acid under the guise of treating varicose veins. He then traveled by train to his lover's cottage and was greeted by a happy Sarah Lawrence. She went to a local inn and bought a bottle of stout, and while distracted, John tipped the bottle of acid and emptied its contents into the beer. It wasn't long before a neighbor heard Sarah groaning and found her writhing on the floor in pain. Sarah Lawrence died before a doctor could even arrive, and John Tawell was long gone. Police knew John visited Sarah often, so he was on the top of their suspect list immediately. They got word that the man had just booked a train for London, and a quick-thinking cleric who was at the scene took a description of John and raced to the station to intercept him. He got there just in time to see the train leave the station. John Tawell may have gotten away with murder if it weren't for this man's quick thinking. Hoping there was a telegraph at the next station, the cleric arranged for a message to be sent that explained that, in the first-class carriage, was a man dressed in Quaker clothing who had just committed murder. As soon as John Tawell left the platform, he was followed by a detective and officially arrested, making him the first person to be arrested as a result of technology. The trial began on March 12, 1845. John's lawyer tried to convince jurors that Sarah died from the naturally occurring acid in apple seeds, stating she ate a large amount of apples over the holiday season. He failed, and after just two days of deliberation, the jury found John Tawell guilty and he was sentenced to death. He was publicly hanged on March 28, 1845, to a crowd of 10,000 people. It took him 10 minutes to die. After the case of John Tawell, the Telegraph was seen as a major success. As a result, many other railway companies took on the new system, and soon, it became a household name. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 2nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.